0: Everyone. Thanks for listening to GSA Office Hours. In this episode, our uh, new vice president of the Graduate Student Association, Ryan uh, Sullivan, and I chat with Bizu Solomon. Bizu is a career counselor and graduate specialist at Fordham's Career Services. I think I first met Bizu when I attended a Love Languages in the Workplace workshop at Lincoln Center, and I believe it was on Valentine's Day, Um, but I remember thinking how personable um, and approachable she was, and that at some point I had to go visit her at career services, and although I haven't um, met her yet for specific career advising and, and counseling, Um, I was really excited to have spoken spoken with her today um, and learn more about her background and um, her role at Fordham. So in this episode, we cover everything from the three years Bizu spent working as a special education teacher for fifth and sixth graders to the various resources and opportunities uh, available to graduate students and alumni at her office. Um, One specific thing I learned was that it's never too early to go see a career uh, counselor and that there's so much you can do even before applying, such as scheduling informational interviews, talking to professionals outside your field, and just getting to know um, more careers that are out there that may be viable options for you. So we learned a lot from this episode um, and we know you will too, so enjoy. Thank you so much for uh, sitting and talking with Ryan and I. We're really excited to have you here um, and to record this podcast. So for everyone listening, um, right now we're all on Zoom. Um, I'm in Massachusetts. I think, Ryan, you're in New York. Yes. And then, BZ, where are you right now? I'm in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Okay. Okay. So we're all in New England. Um, So why don't you just start us off and let us know... um, Who you are, where you're from, um, and then maybe what you you know your maybe we'll start with your college experience as well in terms of your the start of your academic career.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am very grateful to work with our graduate students. Um, I come from a psychology background. I studied at the College of William and Mary in Virginia. I studied psychology and anthropology. I loved learning about human development and you know, taking care of the whole person, so I pursued different um, research experiences while I was in my undergraduate career, and I was able to research child and parent emotion regulation, um, and then when I studied abroad in St. Andrews at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland, I learned more about adolescent behavior and emotions, you know, depending on their parents' um, disciplining style. So that was very interesting. Um, and then in graduate school, I, I moved to New York to study mental health counseling at Fordham, actually. So I am also a Fordham grad, and I love being able to work with other Fordham students and graduates. Um, there I studied uh, mostly a graduate student's experiences with us. Uh, celiac disease and um, just chronic illness as I think about their college experiences. Um, I love the research side of my work, but I feel very grateful to be able to work more one-on-one in a counseling role. So after I graduated, I pursued um, a career counseling career with Fordham actually and here I get to work with undergraduates, graduates, um, alumni, but mostly my specialization is working with graduate students.
0: Got it. So maybe could you take us back to the moment when you uh, graduated undergrad with your uh, double major in anthropology and psych, you said?
1: Um, yes, anthropology was more of my minor, but I took a whole extra classes because I really enjoyed it. Got it,
0: got it. So, what drew you specifically to the Master's in Education Counseling? Is that what it's called?
1: So, it's a Master's of Science and Education, it's a MSED. Um, it's a counseling degree that's housed in the Graduate School of Education. Um, So, you know, counseling degrees can be housed in different um, graduate programs, but I especially like that this one focused on um, the educational side of everything as well. Uh, right when I graduated undergrad, I was considering um, master's programs, PhD programs, um, and found that based off, you know, being a recent graduate, I wanted to gain more experience. So I pursued a master's program so that I could become, you know, just understand more about the, the type of Work I wanted to do, and I I just knew it was definitely counseling related. Um, But I also had those research interests, so PhDs were definitely calling out to me as well. Um, And one of the things I I love to recommend to my students that I meet with is uh, really the benefits of informational interviews. Um, That really, really helped me make some of my choices. Um, because as I was applying to both types of programs, I found that you know, meeting with my professors, some of the graduate students that I worked with in our labs, um, that they provided awesome advice and just storytelling that made me understand more that I would prefer a master's program first and then see if I can you know, work in the field that I want to with a master's degree before I pursue the
0: Ph.D., Got it, got it. So for everyone out there who's listening, who maybe hasn't um, spent a lot of time thinking about career exploration or applying to jobs, could you just explain what an informational interview is? Because I have to be completely honest, um, before like a month ago, I've never heard that term. And now I think I've heard it at least once a week for the past four weeks. So what is an informational interview?
1: Yes. Um, So, an informational interview is really talking to someone about their story, their career path, um, the things that they did to, you know, end up where they are, Um, and it's pretty informal Um, interview kind of. I think the interview part of informational interviews can make people a bit nervous about what to expect, Um, but it's really like the kinds of questions that we ask people in our network, our friends, our family, um, professionals in our network about. Uh, any kinds of advice that they have for someone who's pursuing a career in their field, someone who's just thinking about it, this can be helpful at any point in your career. So whether you're an undergrad, a graduate student who's thinking about what's next, um, it's just uh, a more uh, useful, like tangible way to talk to someone about what's happening next. And we, on our career services, website through Handshake. We have a few resources for informational interviews, including a list of questions, possible questions, a tip sheet. Um, And we're also excited to practice with students who are thinking about reaching out to someone.
0: Okay, got it. Yeah, so um, we can put a link to that page, too, in our show notes. Um, So it's basically like if you're thinking about a specific career path, you can reach out to a professional in that career and kind of ask them, what does your day to day look like? How did you get into this? What skills are required? And then you can kind of get a taste of what you as um, an emerging professional might be interested or like not interested in.
1: Yeah. And even if you aren't sure about your specific uh, career path, they can help you based off of your interests and some of your previous experiences. When they get to know you better, they can connect you to different fields that you might have not known about otherwise as well.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. So it's beneath the broader category of networking. Um, yes. so to speak. Okay, well we'll return to that in a in a bit. So you graduate from your master's of science and then you didn't go right into your current position as a career counselor, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually taught special education uh, fifth and sixth grade math, um, also English for a little bit, uh, but math was definitely my focus area. Uh, part of Uh, that reason was because I was definitely still interested in education, um, even though counseling felt like my calling, I felt like I needed to see what I can do when I work with children, um, especially children that otherwise are not supported very well, um, and have some psychological factors that are impacting their education, so I considered, um... Know, doing that for a little bit to see if that felt like the right thing to continue to pursue and with my degree I was um, able to do that that was another benefit of having an accounting degree housed in a school of ed um, and then you know uh, I was planning on doing it for a little bit and it ended up being three years so I was just so uh, grateful for working with those students and uh, as I was you know in my final year of teaching I started you know talking again informational interviews talking to my network and seeing how I could transition back into counseling specifically and found uh, this career counseling position.
0: Got it, got it. Um, so what was like your experience working uh, as a teacher in that position on a day-to-day basis? Were you um, kind of like the lead teacher of a class or did you work more one-on-one? Um, and then maybe also if we're thinking in terms of, um, you know, Applying to job terms, like what skills did you acquire during this this time, this three year period?
1: Yes, thank you. These are very great reflection questions. As <laughs> I look back at it now, um, I'm two years into career counseling, so uh, it's interesting to think back to that position. Um, I definitely gained a lot of uh, skills and flexibility, and uh, you know, modification. A lot of the I was the lead teacher of a small classroom, so I would, you know meet with the lead teacher of the larger classroom select the students that needed the most support some of the students it was you know required that they had additional special education support so i would um, pick up those students and take them to our smaller classroom and really focus on some skills that they needed to work on within math or within the topic you know subject area um, that involved a lot of collaboration a lot of communication with uh, not just the student but the Lead teacher of the other classroom, what their goals were for the lesson plan, working with parents of the students, so um, learning what you know really supported the students, what they needed the most, um, providing a lot of reports and analysis on how to continue to improve and their development, um, meeting with a special education coordinator every week. Uh, she would come in and you know see my lesson, see how students were responding, um, lots of observations, and then also collaborating with the Committee on Special Education, so um, there are neighborhood committees where you work on individualized education plans, IEPs uh, for specific students, and then also working with, you know, the social worker in the school, um, their specials teachers if they're involved in any extra activities. Um, It was a lot, it was a huge collaboration effort, and I felt like I especially liked working in my school because... People valued it, and they wanted to hear how that student was, you know, doing in each classroom, in each setting. Um, so that was a huge skill that now I definitely use in career counseling, working with students, working with my team, and supervising uh, graduate interns as well. Um, working with the other departments in the university, like the Office of Multicultural Affairs, Office of Student Involvement, Counseling and Psychological Services, you know, the deans, everyone. So I think that was pretty um like a direct uh transition of those skills uh, lots of you know quick and clear communicating um all in the you know while focusing on one student or a whole group of students i think that was really transferable there
0: yeah it's interesting well first like how in how institutional or kind of just like the con the business context of where you work has a huge um role in how you're able to prefer perform your job um, And I think like when you're on the the job search, that sort of questioning about the environment and what you're gonna work in, um, if that's a right fit for you, like we don't are, you know, sometimes it might not be considered. So I I think that's interesting. And also the point you made about how like tailoring um, the education or kind of plan for each individual student based on their own needs, is also interesting, and I think definitely translates uh, into your career where you work with specific grad students, um, and just reflecting too on on your own experience. I think sometimes you know we think about our career path as like very linear, um, and so you know you had a three year experience where you weren't necessarily counseling, but you were able to develop skills outside of that context that translated. Um, So then why don't you maybe walk us through kind of the next step um in your professional development so um how did you come across the job like where did you look for the job um how was the interview process like uh yeah
1: yeah no that's a that's a great question i looked at i was looking at higher ed jobs um in general because i knew that i wanted to keep working with students while also maintaining uh, counseling, so I definitely looked at the higher jobs. I looked at LinkedIn. Um, I connected with my peers, especially who I graduated with, um, who were telling me more about their experiences post-graduation. If they enjoyed working in the clinic setting, in the clinical settings that they were in, or you know, some of them were going more into private practice or other schools. Um, so I, I learned more about their experiences, and I found that I definitely wanted to maintain. Uh, um, my search in, in university settings, and then one of my close friends um, shared that she found a you know like a position at Fordham was opening. Um, so that was part of maintaining a network and learning that you know she knew that I was continuously looking at that kind of position. And when she when she learned about that, she definitely reached out to me. So that's part of the search. It is you know we hear different numbers and facts about how who you know really helps. Um, and that's one of the benefits of networking because sometimes if you started networking earlier, they might think of you first. So, you know, I while I was looking actively, I also learned that somebody else was thinking of me and you know shared a position with me and ended up being the exact position I was looking for. Um, so then I you know shared I edited my resume and my cover letter, prepared that. I also recommend having people read that outside of um, you know just yourself. Constantly trying to edit because it can be really challenging to um, have everything down from, you know, just from your perspective. I had uh, a couple of friends read it, um, and then I submitted it. I I heard back within a few weeks. Um, The interview process was a phone interview first, um, which is definitely nerve-wracking, and I I know right now, especially for students who are um, interviewing only virtually and starting virtually i know that's an extra layer of um of a challenge but you know the the phone interview was probably more challenging to me because it's trying to connect with someone um and it was a a shorter interview i think that was more of their screening call um so you know had the phone interview and then was invited for the in-person interview the in-person interview was i expected it to be just with the my direct supervisor but uh, she invited a supervisor from the other office at the other campus so um being prepared for that I always bring extra resumes um and they definitely appreciated that so I always recommend that to students too um having that prepared and talking to both um people to get to know both of them and share my experiences with both of them um I would say that having that teaching position really helped my um, interview because I was able to speak to my direct experiences, um, give them direct examples from teaching. And you know, even though it, it might feel like, and I think a lot of students will experience this, like it's not in the same setting, um, how can it be applicable? But really, like you said earlier, it is the transferable skills. So explaining to them the different communication styles, uh, Preparing documents, working with students individually. While I was not counseling, there were a lot of therapeutic moments with the students that I worked with um, in the middle school, and then applying that to that interview. And they especially appreciated that I have the experience as a teacher because they were looking for a graduate student specialist to work with the Graduate School of Education. So that made it that much more um, connected to be able to to be prepared to really talk to students about what teaching is like, what kinds of schools there are, um, as it being a lived experience for me. And then also preparing me for working with graduate students in arts and sciences, as well as religion, which are my other two schools that I work closely with.
0: Got it, got it. Well, there's like, there's so much to unpack there too, but I think even just what you said is really helpful um, about coming prepared. and drawing on your own personal experiences in a way that kind of looks forward to the next opportunity. Um, Is there any other tips you have for interviewing that maybe aren't reflected in this specific example, or um, maybe mistakes that different students you've worked with have made in interviews to avoid in the future? Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yes, thank you. So I would definitely say not, I know with career changers especially, it might feel like Like mine didn't really feel like a career change; it was very interconnected. But I think sometimes when you're coming from a different setting, you kind of want to hide it. Um, I feel you know, practicing with students, they're like, "Well, I worked in this, but it has nothing to do with the place I'm applying or interviewing." Um, So then they kind of want to hide that experience and they focus more on relevant coursework or relevant uh, leadership positions versus the actual skills that have been gained from that experience. So. Um, I would definitely say like, don't, don't feel like you can't move forward with a position that was not in the setting that you're applying in. So it's just how you connect it, how you make it important and relevant. Um, it's really how you speak to it. That, that matters not exactly like, oh, I worked in technology and now I'm hoping to work in the arts. How do I connect that? It's, you know, practicing with a career counselor, practicing with your network can, prepare you for providing the, the examples that really make sense and you know, provide less work for the interviewer. They, they don't have to figure out how you would fit in. They're you're basically telling them, like, I would definitely fit in. I can bring all of this to you that somebody else who's only been focused on art might not be able to bring in.
0: Got it. So there's kind of like two rhetorical moves. Um, if you're on a direct career path, you can say something along the lines where I have, like for you, I, I have the Master's of Science in Education and I was a student at Fordham, so I can kind of hit the ground running. But then in terms of maybe a different discipline, um, you can say, well, I have a different perspective and I can bring that to diversify maybe what's already happening in the context. So I think I think that's a really good point. It's not always like what the experience was, but how you're like articulating um, how you'll use and draw upon it in the new position. Um, Okay, so we've been kind of talking about your current role, but maybe we can just like dive right in. Um, so you are a, a career counselor and graduate student specialist within career services. And one of the reasons we were so excited to talk to you today is because you know grad students think that career services is just for undergrads. So when you encounter students who say, oh, like, I just, I didn't know I could go to career services. What's your, like, pitch to them?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. I'm so <laughs> excited that you invited me to talk about this specifically. Um, yes, a lot of students do believe that it's for undergraduates only, um, but uh, it's, it's for everyone. I My pitch to them is that we're available to you for life, especially with Fordham, um, not all you. This is actually an amazing benefit. Not all universities offer this, but our career services office is not limited. Like for three year alum or five year alum, it's you can come in at any point. And I have met with alum that have graduated many, many, many years ago and still find it beneficial. Um, so. Our, our office works in many ways it's career exploration it's preparing helping you prepare your documents resume cover letter additional like if you're a master's student applying to phd programs which i've had quite a few of those you know very recently um, preparing your applications uh, thinking about how to you know prepare for the entire process in general um, career counseling is also personal counseling because it focuses on how your work and your um life connect. So if you want to discuss, you know, as a PhD student, as a master student, you know, ways that you're figuring out how to balance everything in your life because you have full time everything, um, we're definitely here to talk about that as well. And it's it's definitely uh it's what you make of it as well. You know, we're here to meet you where you are. So I, I love that our office is a career counseling office. It's not just coaching. It's not just services. You know, it's full-on career counseling.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. So, um, so what I'm hearing is that there's um at least two components. One of them being um, one-to-one counseling with specific grad students but you are still also involved in uh, more public events like workshops or webinars um, that might have like a specific theme focus. So maybe um, with like the public events, I'll push that aside for a moment. Um, But in terms of when students should come to you or another um, career counselor and career services, like if you were to have a timeline um, of when it would be beneficial to first come in, to the moment in which you might be helping someone apply for their, like, dream job. Um, What are the stages in between at which the one-to-one meetings could be helpful?
1: Yes, so I would say from the beginning, come to us so that you feel more prepared throughout the process. It's not, you know, some students take it as a one-time meeting and just here to meet for my resume. I'm just here to you know have my cover letter edited or practice an interview. But really, if you come in from you know the day you start, you know, anytime, as, as soon as you get accepted, really, you're allowed to um, meet with us, and students do use it in that way as well. It can help you think about your process throughout. So, like what you know, what are my networking opportunities throughout my you know graduate career? So you don't feel like you have to put in the work. Uh, you know sometimes with undergraduates this is the same feeling like you go only when you're a senior or only if you're a a business major so those are some of the myths we hear but really the earlier you begin the more supported you are throughout so um i wouldn't say like there's just a time in the middle like there's a step-by-step process it's you know for some people they are seeking internships right away for some they're seeking research positions Um, some students are more focused on on their publication, so whatever they need, uh, we would say just if you start earlier, it's gonna be better in a way.
0: Got it, got it, okay. So anytime we can come in and see you. Anytime. Okay, Um, and so, well, I, I, I wanna also ask you um, specifically about, um, in terms of the one-on-one counseling, how have you handled um, situations where there might be more advanced graduate students who are maybe finishing up their dissertations, um, maybe had planned to go on the job market or had been on the job market for a while and then are realizing that it might not be a good fit and they're struggling. And so it was it's like academia or being a professor and researcher was kind of the only, um, or the dream job for them. How do you um, speak and talk with advanced PhDs who are transitioning from applying to academic careers to, I know what some people call like all AC or post-academic careers. Um, any advice for that kind of group of students?
1: Yes, I know that is definitely a challenge. I mean, with any career feeling like this is the one thing you've been working towards and having to pivot um, is is definitely challenging, but there are many students who are finding that, I think, you know, current, in this current time, but also just in the field of academia. Um, so I think that, you know, back to informational interviews, I have to say um, that your alumni network, those are very, very, very supportive um, networks to learn more about what other options there are. We also have a really great tool on Handshake called ONET, um, which we can also share later, but it's an occupation, uh, I guess, website um the best way to describe it where it based off of some of the occupations that you're interested in it it shares more relevant occupations that are similar and the tasks the skills the interests everything that is needed that matches those occupations so if you find that you're you know interested in one type of like in becoming an english professor but you you know are pivoting now you can see where you can apply those specific skills and interests to a different industry position whether it's in, like, journalism or um, something else that is very related but um, doesn't feel like it's a complete turn of career or something.
0: Got it. Okay, that's so cool. I didn't know about yeah. that. Um, but we'll also, like, add a link to that in the show notes, too, and maybe I'll uh, put put what I think are my skills or what I like in there and see what comes out because <laughs> I personally don't know what I'm going to do yet. Um so I don't know, Ryan. Do you have any follow up questions? I've been really hogging the mic here, but
2: <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, actually, something that just came uh, to my mind is: do you, do you find, in general, that uh, graduate students specifically have too narrow a view of the their uh, life after graduation? Uh, in other words. Um, you know, you know somebody applies to a, a very specific program with, uh, you know, a, a career in mind, whatever that may be, you know, perhaps uh, in academia. And in reality, there's um, many different avenues that um, students, uh, specifically graduate students, can go down with their degree. So, again, I know it's a very broad question and every student is different, but do you find in general sometimes graduate students um, have uh, kind of, an again, a narrow view of, of uh, the job search and careers.
1: That's a great question. Um, I actually see both. Uh, you know, from meetings, both sides of it, the very, very narrow, like this is what I need to do based off of my degree. And then also the other side of it, the other extreme of like, there are so many things that I can do and I have no idea where to start. Like just, it's, it can almost feel paralyzing to feel like okay. there are too many options. Um, I, there's decision fatigue is very real. Um, feeling like having to decide either way like if i decide this one thing then this is what i have to do for the rest of my life um i think in in older generations they were told like you know you do this career for 40 years and then you retire and that's it well now it's like there's so many options that people are transitioning every two years three years you know five years so um i one of my goals when working with students is trying to find that like middle ground so these are these are all the things that we've learned about, but there's also these specific things we learned about. Where where, do, where does all of that overlap? Where does it intersect to find like what is the right fit for you specifically? Um, I also have noticed that there are a lot more different types of uh, like occupation titles, position titles. Sometimes students are like, "What do I even search in a do- in a job search?" Because. Um, like what is the name of this position? I don't know how to describe it. I just know it involves these things. So I say, like you know, look at the position titles of the people in your network, of the people who have the positions that you're interested in. So you know, making a list of all of the different names for that type of position, like a coordinator, a manager, but really it's actually an analyst. Um, so sometimes it's all buried within the job requirements or the responsibilities, um, not in the actual title. Um, and then some of the students I met with that feel that specific, like, this is the only thing I can do, and it's in academia, um, talking to your professors can be beneficial and that they have these experiences that will be very helpful, but sometimes it's very focused on academia, so, you know, expanding your network to not just talk to people in academia, because what you're going to learn about is just academia, so, um, you know, meeting with people in different industries, uh, that is very uh, helpful in that process too. I hope that answers
2: your
0: question. Yeah, Yeah, and I was also thinking too, like, I think, um, you know, for me still in academia, um, and not, um, you know, I have a general idea of what, you know, career services offers, but from the inside, um, in addition maybe to grad students being more immersed in the academic context, what other, like, barriers to either career exploration or, um, you know, landing a job have you seen um, in your own career?
1: I think some of the barriers are, you know, they can be stigmas, honestly. Um, in, my, in my culture, counseling and psychology is, is not really pursued. You're expected to use faith or religion or just, you know, self motivation um so having to talk about how counseling is a field that i'm interested in that has definitely you know learning the advocacy part of of my career has been useful um, when speaking to you know family or my greater network um so sometimes i think if your network you know when you hear about phds you know you expect them to become professors and that's um, what they're constantly told and having to advocate for themselves as well and Um, speak to people in different fields I think just the that is a barrier in itself like do I do this how do I do this Um, so that is one of our goals with career counseling and providing um, more resources more information that may not be otherwise provided and you know student organizations like GSA are are really helpful in supporting us in this goal and that's why we work so closely together because you know, the GSAS Futures website is something that I have, you know, not seen with many universities. So I, I love how there are so many more career pathways and options that are described there. So I actually refer students a lot of times to that website as well.
0: Yeah, and Ryan and I were really excited um this year in terms of uh, you know being able to sponsor um, GSAS Futures and continue it throughout the year, you know, despite everything that's going on with um, kind of like the financial precarity of the university. Um, so for listeners out there who don't know what Future is, um, you know, what is Futures in terms of uh, how is it related specifically to career services uh, and what does f- Futures offer?
1: So Futures from my understanding, offers uh, a lot of opportunities like connecting students to professionals in the field, um, their network, uh, as well as providing, you know, events where students can learn more about their options and um, feel supported in their studies as well as their goals post-graduation. Um, you know, as it says, futures, I I think that's a really great name for it because it is thinking about their future and not feeling like this is the one thing that you always have to do. This is the one thing that you are expected to do. You have more options.
0: And so and this is would be under the bracket of um, like public events um, where students could participate alongside other grad students and engage with um, an an expert on a certain topic. Just offhand, What are some workshops that you've organized in the past or your office has? I think that I was in the um, workshop that was like love language in the workplace. Was that one of them?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, Yeah, I thought I remembered you being there. Uh, It was about, you know, we hear about the different types of love languages. So that one was more about how they can be uh, expressed in the workplace and what is appropriate and what is uh, how they can help you communicate and collaborate with your colleagues better by understanding their interests and their languages basically um, so yes we have some events like that that are um, once you are in the workplace but then we have events like alumni panels which have been very helpful where students can learn where alumni have ended up post-graduation so um, we had one that was specific to data sciences recently um, soon actually next week we have a Uh, workshop on micro internships so uh, another way to gain experience in a a more specific shorter setting which might be uh, I think it's definitely grown because of the online virtual work world Um, so that's another type that we have so they can be networking type of events um, workshopping your materials events resumes cover letters they can be you know ways to prepare once you are already in the field that you prefer to work in.
0: Got it. And the micro-internship, that is with Parker Dewey, right? Yes. Okay. And have you worked with them before this organization, or is this kind of like a new partnership between Fordham and Parker Dewey?
1: Yes, this is a new partnership that started, I want to say, this summer. Um, and you know, many students already have benefited from uh, applying for micro-internships with them and now we're excited to bring it to the graduate student world as well.
0: Okay, awesome. And so that is something like a short-term um, internship opportunity. So like four to six, eight weeks or something like that and it's, it's paid, I believe. This is the extent to which I know. Um, and do you know offhand what specific students have done already?
1: So I'm I'm not sure what students okay. have done specifically already. I just I know that students have been able to gain those, and like you said, they're short and they're paid, which um, are two are two uh, checkoff points for a lot of students.
0: Yeah, sorry to press you. I was just curious because I had um, heard about the opportunity, and so I was like, like I'm always curious to hear about like what how how different resources offered have been utilized. Um, but we'll follow up with uh, futures maybe in a couple months and and see how students have been interacting with that platform. Um, wow, I mean, we've covered a lot of information already. Is, is there anything um, about your role or career services that we, you know, that we didn't cover, just kind of like the lay of the land?
2: And maybe also uh, very quickly, Handshake as well. I know that's a huge platform. Um, so just very briefly what that's all about uh, could be helpful as well.
1: Yes, uh, thank you, your your questions have really helped me um, express a lot of what I wanted to share with our students today. Um, so Handshake is a platform for job and internship searching as well as networking with other students. So Handshake is used by many universities and on our, on our Handshake, um, when you log on and you click on the students tab, you can see students from other universities that also use Handshake, you can connect with them um, and it'll connect you based off your your degree type, your major, Um, and then you can filter it so you only, you know, see Fordham students and Fordham alumni if you want to learn more about where students are and where they've worked in the past. Um, And then we also have our events tab, which shares, you know, information about virtual career fairs we're hosting currently and career fairs in person once that starts up again. Um, And then a lot of events that are, like, you know one-off workshops info sessions a chance to just meet an, a specific employer learn more about them um, and then we also have this is one of my favorite tools that i think gets buried within handshake um, is a resource tab under under career center so there we have um uh, so many resources that include the you know the interest profiler the onet about occupations that i was discussing earlier um, it's the tip sheets, sample resumes, sample cover letters, um, specific websites we have found to be useful to students based off of their interest. Um, and this is a growing list where we, you know, all the career counselors, um, some of my graduate interns as well, will post on it um, whenever they find a very useful resource that relates to careers and, you know, professional development. Um, And then we also have the, students have the ability to make appointments on Handshake. Uh, That's how you can make an appointment with me or any of the other counselors. So it's a like one-stop shop for all the things career. Uh, I think that a lot of times students hear about it just for the job board, but really it's uh, something that you can constantly use to just explore and see uh, what is right for you.
0: Okay, got it. We'll definitely put a link to that too. And then one more question. I did see too um on the website that you have graduate interns. Can you say a little bit more about that? Can graduate students from any discipline apply or um what are the what are who are the graduate interns?
1: Yeah, so our for the Office of Career Services, we have three mental health counseling graduate interns, so They come from a counseling background, and this is part of their year-long internship credit uh, to fulfill their program requirements. They practice their counseling skills, and we train them in career counseling specifically. Um, And then I know that other offices in the university hire graduate students as well, like a higher education graduate student, um, graduate assistantships, um, depending on your program. So for us, we are specifically hiring counseling graduate interns, um, but depending on the department or office you can see other graduate internships as well
0: okay cool yeah I had no idea um so we could potentially work with other graduate students too
1: yes and that has been awesome too with um, our graduate students you know partnering with graduate students from uh, the university to create workshops and events based off of student um, interest
0: yeah so I guess I'll just ask you one last question. Um, is there anything that you know Ryan and I can do throughout the year to either bring more visibility uh, to your offices or help connect you more closely with, you know, maybe graduate students who aren't not yet applying to jobs or career services might not be on their radar? Like what can we do to promote all these like amazing resources we've covered?
1: You're already doing a really great thing right now, so thank I know, thank you. I appreciate it. I know our office definitely really appreciates it. Um, another thing is just you know word of mouth is is definitely very big. So when you are talking to your friends, your classmates, your professors, even sometimes professors don't know exactly what our office does for graduate students. So continuing to spread um, knowledge about what we offer. Um, just that we're always here throughout. So you don't have to feel like you're applying for something right now to meet. I've met with students who a year before they started applying, you know, shared that they're interested in a specific field. And we started exploring it earlier on, had, you know, various meetings throughout the year. And once it was time to apply, all of their materials were ready. Their Their plan for interviews was ready. It was just um, so actually submitting the application. So anything to help support students throughout, you know, we're very excited to help
0: Awesome. Well, we'll definitely do that, Ryan. Do you have any final questions or comments?
2: Very quickly, and thank you so much. Is there any uh, any um, either social media media accounts or anything that students uh, should any blogs that students uh, you know either support them specifically or just in general that students should be following? Off the top of your head, I, I know that's a big question, but just very very quickly.
1: Oh yeah, So uh, our office has a LinkedIn group. Right. Uh, we post things almost every day with different resources. We also have uh, an Instagram, a Twitter account, um, and then I think beyond the professoriate is one of the, a very helpful resource for students who are thinking about careers um, outside of what they may have originally planned for. I, you know, I follow them on LinkedIn, and um, the leader of that organization is very kind and helpful, and I've worked with her. So I think finding those kinds of, um, resources, you know, that's very helpful as well as I think the muse is a really great website for not just job searching, but also, um, advice and careers.
0: Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I also follow beyond, beyond the prof and I found them to be, yeah, uh, uh, super useful. Awesome. Um, the muse I've never been on to, but I'll check in that and we'll add all this to our show notes. So I think that's it, but thank you so much for speaking with us and we look forward to uh, promoting the Office of Career Services and your expertise like throughout the year.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right, so that's a wrap on uh, the first episode of the second season of GSA Office Hours with Bizu Solomon. Uh, we hoped you learned a lot. Uh, we definitely did. Uh, see you next time. Bye.